Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome, welcome back everybody. Second hour of Oilers Now in a jam-packed edition of the show. We've already heard from Chris Russell signing a one-year contract extension of $1.25 million. Uh, that will also take care of the Oilers' uh, uh, needs for the upcoming Seattle expansion draft. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers in this hour. Wood guy, Darcy McLeod, joining us in about 38 seconds' time. Gord Bamford to talk about an event coming up tomorrow night out in Atchison. Uh, I believe it's Hockey Sticks and Hockey Tonk. Does that sound right? And my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels. We will tell you that the second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by the title sponsor of the show, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and software. As we head straight off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, and we re-engage with Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood guy. Hello, Darcy. How you doing? Not too bad. Bob, how are you? Good. Give me your thoughts on the one-year contract extension on Chris Russell. Uh, I can see why they did it. You know, uh, like you and Elliot were talking about, it gets them covered off for uh, for expansion. And you know, you don't you know what you have in Russell. That he's he's finally at a price that makes his. You know, he he is a third pairing left hand D. Price is reasonable. I'm I'm fine with it. I you know I wouldn't have mind maybe trading him to get the four million off the books this year and then signing someone else for two years. I understand with Clefbaum down, the coach has familiarity with him. Like it's all understandable. Yeah, well, and he is a very polarizing figure in the analytics community uh, because the Oilers, you know, he blocks a lot of shots. Uh, some would say, you know, he plays too much in his defensive zone. Uh, and then others would say, well, it's tough to gauge some of the other things he brings. And that is part of the debate, isn't it, when it comes to sort of the evaluation. And, and, I mean, we have you coming on sort of as a non-biased approach without necessarily the knowledge of what maybe his teammates and coaches think sort of just purely from the stats perspective, but it is tough to object, sort of have an objective on uh, or a non-subjective opinion on what a player brings in terms of the various intangibles that we don't have access to. Yeah, you're right, uh, but but you're wrong about one thing, Bob. I don't think he's that polarizing in with the advanced stats community. Really? I think some people, oh yeah, I, I think some people really, really overemphasize his his shot share because you don't have to just look at shot share you can include block shots in that and that's called Fenwick instead of Corsi and throughout his entire career uh, if you look long term his goal share is about what his Fenwick share is it's it's and it's always better than a shot share because you're right the things Chris Russell does well is is keep shots from the net in 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 some of the higher danger areas and 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 at certain times the things he doesn't do well 
is move the puck back up the ice and stop zone uh, stop zone entries on the other team. But he was doing that a little bit better uh, towards the end of last year. Looks like he's taken some coaching and uh, and he's playing third pair minutes. It, it, it was for a lot of analytics types. It was his role. He shouldn't have been second pair and the money. You shouldn't have never given him four million dollars. But he's always been what he's been. You know, I've, if you look at the stuff I've written on him for years and going back years, Bob. It's I don't dislike Chris Russell. I just think they paid him too much. Four years is too long, and a no the, movement clause is ridiculous. The funny thing is, if you'd seen him play in junior, he was the intith- like he was the exact opposite player he turned out to be. Like he was a an up the rush attack. He kind of played like what we think Tyson. Okay, well, who who is this first head coach, Bob, in the NHL? Ken Hitchcock. There you go. Hitchcock beat that out of him, didn't he? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, some might think that. All right. Uh, so that brings us to Ty- <laughs> that brings us to Tyson. Sometimes when you use the term "beat" these days, Darcy, you got to be careful. So yeah, well, uh, back then, back then, that's what they did, though. Yeah. Well, right. They broke them down <laughs> and they built them up. Uh, so I'm old too, Bob. I can say that. Yes. Uh, Tyson Berry, your thoughts on the Oilers signing him on a one-year uh, bet? Always liked Barry. Uh, with Barry, he's been pretty much the opposite of Russell, which why might make a good partner for Russell, though. Uh, Oiler fans who... He, he, a lot of Oiler fans aren't going to like him, Bob, because tourists, the, the good side of tourists' game is always with the puck. Uh, tourists claim, claim to fame when he has outscored the opposition. Are we talking... Uh, sorry, I asked you about sorry, Barry. Sorry, sorry, you, yeah, you said Barry, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, Barry. Uh, I just I was looking at my notes and Taurus was on the page. Anyhow, Barry, Barry's claim to fame is that when he's on the ice, uh, the team scores more, but they also get scored against more. Yep. Uh, he tips it in the scale of, of, of four more than against, so the goal share goes up. So he's been good that way where you increase your goal share, but more goals against happen, so a lot of people are going to lose their mind with some of the goals against because the defensive play is not as strong, suit. but like Tippett said on your show, uh, earlier this week is that the best defense is not having to defend, but it's actually having the puck and moving it up to the opposition's uh, defensive zone. Right, and I'm a believer, and you know this, I'm a believer that the Oilers needed to improve their transition game. They needed to change their defense out. Obviously, the cleft bomb injury is a significant one, and right now, you know, Ken Holland was on the show a couple of weeks ago, basically said they're planning on not having him back this year. How big of a loss is that for Edmonton, Darcy? Well, it is a big loss because he eats so much ice time, and he was good on the first power play, but, uh, you know, Barry can take that spot. But you're, you're going to miss his ability to uh, – when, when him and Larson were on, they played against the other team's elite players very well. You know, for all the crap I gave Larson last year and how bad he was at the beginning of the year, he was still the best Oilers defenseman against the other team's elites, and he was best with Clef Baum. And, and, and that's not easy to replace, Bob. Yes, I, I would tend to agree. All right, you did a very uh, a great job on your – what's your uh, blog called again? You there, Bob? Yeah, we got you. Uh, what's your blog called again, Dar- Darcy? It's called we... becauseoilers.blogspot.com. All right, so you did this whole segment on third-line centers. And the Oilers went out, and I know you, you pushed hard on uh, Johan Larson. You really liked him. Uh, you like Koivu, even though there's some people that think he's lost a step or two. Edmonton ultimately signed Kyle Turris. Give me your perspective on that signing. Yeah, I uh, I see the, the whole reason Edmonton needed to improve the third line, and you've hit on this on your show before, Bob, is the goal differential. The five-on-five goal differential for the Oilers last year was minus 16. 
and minus 20 of that was when she hands on the ice. So think about that. If 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 she she hand or the third line uh, would have broken even five on five, the Oilers would have had a plus four goal differential. Uh, differential. Uh, and their di- goal differential on special teams was so good that their overall goal differential would have gone from 13th in the league to 5th. Like, they would have been the 5th best team via goal differential in the league. And that's a, that's a really important stat. It, it, it really uh, it's, it predicts who is the best teams, basically. And so that's how important improving that slot is. And I always thought... You know, it was the goals against which were the big thing, so I focused on defensive play, which is why I liked Johan Larson and, and still like Koivu. I know he's slower, but he still broke even in, in, in fairly right. toughish minutes last year. Like, he's, he can still play the game. Looks like Holland and uh, Tippett went the other way, more goals to improve the goal share. But when I looked at Turris, in the last two years in Nashville, haven't been good, Bob. There's a they, reason they bought they were, the cat up. They were, right? they were ugly. They were ugly. Those were ugly years. They're yeah, ugly. And so I've got some trepidation there, but his fancy stats were good. It's funny, I, I, I got a lot of crap for being a little down on tourists, but I was down on him via goals. Had I just gone pure fancy stats, I wouldn't have uh, been a, as down on him. So there is some light shining in the tunnel, and he does have some talent. And one thing that I found that was really interesting about tourists was that his two best seasons were when he changed teams. He changed team when he went from Phoenix to Ottawa. That first Ottawa season was his best Ottawa season. And then when he went from Ottawa to Nashville, he absolutely knocked it out of the park again, not just in, in goal share because he was running pretty hot, but also in the fancy stats, he was playing well too. So maybe another change, plus you know, a little motivated to show Nashville that he's wrong, motivated high-talented players are never bad things to have on the team. So I'm actually quite hopeful for him. But if you look at the last two years, ah, you know, did he decline because of something physical? Uh, was it just mental? You know, if it was physical, it might be if he was mental and he can overcome it, it might be good. He's a right-hand center, and the Oilers needed that for sure. And he's a decent on. He's a decent centerman. I'm not as down on the fact that he hasn't PK'd much because he hasn't. Not really. Not really for seven years. But he he does have a good PK uh, face-off ratio. And and he should be of help there. And I'm sure you know if if Tippett can turn the second worst PK into the best PK in the league in a year, he can he can teach Turris how to do it. Well, Turris did that for him. You mentioned that in the World Championship as well. Mike Smith, uh, that signing was one that uh, frankly was not met with uh, any sense of approval from the Oilers fan base. I know David Stables from the Cult of Hockey did a poll: Would you rather have Markstrom six times six or Smith one times one point five base? Uh, Crawford got 3.9. Grice got 3.6. If the Oilers sign those two guys, they're probably not in the mix on Barry. Give me your perspective on I already know what, what it's going to be, but tell us about uh, what the numbers uh, tell you on Mike Smith. Oh, they're not good, Bob. They're not good at all. Uh, five, five on five, he was the 50th or 53rd ranked goalie last year. And, and I heard Speck on your show the other day talking about how good he was uh, four on five. And it's true. His four on five, he was like, uh, Smith was like second in the league. Uh, it, was, yes. it was crazy how good his uh, save percentage was on the PK. But Koskinen's was really good too, right? Sorry, Smith was third, Koskinen was seven. And when you look at the PK save percentage, what's really bizarre this past year, and it's not that bizarre, I'll explain in a second, is that the single worst NHL team five-on-five save percentage was San Jose. The single best five, uh, four-on-five PK save percentage in the league was San Jose. So they went from from worst. How does that happen? 
Bottom I'm telling, I'll tell you, Bobby, because uh, San Jose and Edmonton run a very, very similar PK. It's, it's high pressure, but it's not just high pressure. I listened to the coach at San Jose, forget his name, who runs their PK, and he had a really good interview, and he was talking about they do allow some high-danger shots, but they're always very predictable, so their goalie is moving in the right direction beforehand. Okay. So they will allow certain shots on the PK, or they will funnel the puck for certain shots on the PK, so the goalie knows where the outlet's going to be, and he can move before, he can move before the pass even, or be be prepared for the pass. So that shot he's ready. What they don't allow is is the kind of scrambly uh, triple passes in, in the slot and whatnot. They're really good at breaking those down, and they just make it predictable for the goalie. And Edmonton plays very very similarly. So I wouldn't read too much into Smith and Koskinen having really good four on five save percentages. I think it's mostly structure. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think because during the course of the year, well, they also had the coaching change, right? Like they started the year with DeBoer and Steve Spott was with them and then Bootner finished the year and uh, Rocky Thompson has joined that staff in San Jose. And, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of perplexed as to technically who would have been running the PK, but that makes a lot of sense. So it, well, it I is read a thing on, on Thompson the other day and he's going to be running the defense and the power play. So I'm not sure who's running the PK. It's an amazing the power play. Ro- Rocky's transformation from when he was an Edmonton Oil Kings assistant and an old school guy to his, it, it's been unbelievable watching the maturation as him as a, a, a coach. It's been awesome to see. All right. Hey, uh, Darcy, we appreciate your time. Uh, how do people uh, again follow your uh, uh, follow you on Twitter and also uh, take a look at the blog, especially all the stuff you wrote on Third Line Centers? Yeah, on Twitter I'm at Woodguy55, and I did a big long series, a ten part series on prospective Third Line Centers for the Oilers, and that's becauseoilers.blogspot.com. Super stuff. Much appreciated, Darcy. Thanks for your time. Anytime, Bob. You bet. That is Woodguy. Darcy McLeod joining us on Oilers Now. It's 118 in Edmonton. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It's 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. We're at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan Escott, at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Country music star Gord Bamford coming up when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Our next guest is a well-known performer in these parts and uh, is very giving with his time and involved in a lot of charitable initiatives as well. And he has another event coming up uh, tomorrow night out at Atchison. We welcome back to the show Alberta-based country music star Gord Bamford. Gord, Bob Stoffer, how are you? Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Last time we had you on, you were uh, doing something with John Winwick and the group at ATB. And uh, lo and behold, uh, you got Hockey Sticks and Hockey Tonk uh, taking place tomorrow night. Tell us about that event. Yeah, I think people are just excited about live music when they can get out and see it. So, yeah, it was great to kick it off with the ATB stuff. But it's been pretty steady since then. So, yeah, J.J. Bear gave me a show. He's a friend of mine uh, back in the you know met him to the orders really but uh, sure yeah excited about uh, getting in there and raising some money with the spruce grove saints and um yeah it's uh 
I think it's going to be a little bit chilly, but it's nothing like the winter classic, so we're, we're all looking forward to it. So suck it, suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah, I remember when you you, you hopped on the uh, the media bus with us, uh, which is otherwise known as the fun bus during the challenging times for the Oilers. So yeah. the, uh, they, they used to call, uh, when the team was in the uh, struggling, uh, their, the, the players' bus was known as the rolling prison because nobody was saying anything after a loss. And our bus was our bus was known as the fun bus because you name it, it was getting said. Uh, so you're a huge hockey fan. i got to ask you this question. Who were your favorite players growing up as a kid? Well, I mean, my mom, used to, you know, I've been going to the order game since I could walk. So obviously back in the day with Gretzky and Messier and Moog and Pure and, you know, and Taranter, like Marty, you know, McSorley and all those guys that, you know, I've had a chance to, you know, get to know fairly well now some of those guys, so that's been cool. But, you know, it's just back to, back to all that. I, I'll, you know, I've, I'll be honest with you, that such great hockey players now, but uh, I've had some time, I've spent some time with uh, Sid and, you know, Class Act, just a great guy. But uh, they're all they're all good guys. I, I just, uh, you know, remember the dynasty years for me. That was That's something that you'll never, ever forget. You, you just hope that it happens again for your kids to kind of experience it at a different uh different uh, time frame but uh, hopefully it does yeah it might be a little tougher to do uh in a 32 league nhl right where you have a salary cap and it's it's tougher to keep teams together i mean i watched that king's ransom the other night again the brilliant espn 30 for 30 on wayne gretzky and at, at some point during peter berg goes to wayne how many if you'd stayed in edmonton how many more cups do you win? And he's like, well, they won one more after I left, so at least three and four, at least three or four. So it kind of puts kind of puts things in perspective. Musical, so you've got this connection to, to hockey, and you've met all these different people in the in the hockey business. Yeah. Um, and I know I'd be interested to see, were you, were you specifically from the sort of your musical inclination, because we, we, we think of you as a country guy, but were there's some other, you know, sort of musical acts that you were a big fan of as a kid that sort of maybe wouldn't be thought of as traditional sort of country or yeah, westward. Yeah, for sure. Who'd yeah, you like? No, I, yeah, I, I love the, like, huge tragically hip fan, you know, and uh, listen to a lot of their music and had a chance to mingle with them a bit. I like the classic rock and ACDC stuff, you know, any of that stuff I really like, you know, so it's uh, a big fan of music. You know, um, getting back to hockey a little bit, though, I've, I'm lucky because I play with the, the Order alumni. I'm an actual honorary alumni guy, so I got all the gear, so I get the, you know, from the gloves to the helmets to the pants, and, and we've got hockey stalls in our garage here for, for the kids, so... I got my order gear proudly hung there, and every every day I walk out in the garage, I just think I've made it. So that that feels good too. <laughs> well, I, I I've actually watched you sometime because we're doing the show when we're in the building in normal times, and these are not normal times, as you know. And you guys are out on the ice at like one one thirty on a game day. I'm yeah. just shake I, I'm shaking my head. So I, I'm trying to figure out which one of you is the more dynamic player, you or Kevin Carius as honorary members. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with you because I played against Kevin. Uh, hockey. Yeah. Sticks and Honky Tonk, a, a charity concert and toy drive that features Gord Bamford. Uh, it's ready to rock uh, in Atchison uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I I, I got to ask, do you miss, like, people are in their cars, they're in their trucks, and, uh, you know, listen to the music. Do you miss sort of that, that closer relationship, you know, as a performer that you would have in normal times with the fans? I did at the beginning, Bob, but but now people are allowed to actually sit in the back of their trucks now. So you can, I know it's going to be a little chilly, but bring blankets. Some people have even gotten, uh, you know, creative and brought little gas fireplaces with them. But 
Yeah, it's better now. They can sit in the back of their vehicles. They can be out there at the vehicle a little bit, and you can interact with them. So, um, but when it first started, yeah, it was a little, little different. You know, just people honking at you, hoping hoping they're honking because they liked you. But um, you know, it's been a overall, it's been a pretty good experience, and I think people have really enjoyed it. It's really, really cost effective. So, when you buy a ticket, it's for your whole car load. So you bring your whole family. It's you know, it's it's very very cost effective, and families are coming in and having a great time. And I will say one thing: the seven o'clock show tomorrow is totally sold out. Okay. So they added a four o'clock. They added a four o'clock, and it's almost sold out as well. So, you know, don't don't worry about the weather. And, and people have asked, is it like a drive-in movie? It, it's not. It's a it's a full-on show. It's full production, and there's two big video screens. We've got the stage all heated up, so we're playing snow or rain or shine or whatever we get in Alberta. Come on out, support it. It's a great cause. We're raising money. I'm really happy to be back in the Atchison Spruce Grove area since our Redneck Tour show got canceled. So, yeah, and it's our last show of the year. So uh, come on out and have some fun and go to sprucegrovesaints.ca and get get your tickets if they're still available. Great stuff, Gordon. Look, we appreciate the time and say hi to JJ for us, all right? Will do. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You bet. That is Gord Bamford again. Uh, hockey sticks and hockey talk. It's hosted by the Spruce Grove Saints uh, Junior A uh, hockey team. Money will be uh, donated uh, to Cure ECHS One and the Foundation of Cohesive Communities, and they'll be accepting uh, package toys and support of the Canets of Spruce Grove Christmas hamper drive so there you have it and uh, this is not the first and won't be the last event that Gord does uh he's involved no question about that you can text us at any time at 780 uh 496 uh aj in hearing the conversation uh with the one and the only uh Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. what guy? Hmm. I was hoping, like Darcy, for Koivu as well. I had the same thoughts as Darcy. I'm not opposed to Terrace, but he would have been my first choice in free agency. Uh, that was from AJ. And, again, the, the st- I talked to people out of uh, Minnesota about Koivu last year, and they said the fall-off in Koivu's skating was precipitous, for what it's worth. It was significant. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, we'll see how Tourist does. I have a feeling that fans are going to... The universal reception in oil country on the Barry signing was quite positive, and it was fairly signing, uh, fairly positive on Tourist. I have a feeling that those signings are going to work out, and it was quite negative on Mike Smith. And, you know, we'll see how it all plays out in goal uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. Off to a global... News, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. My play-by-play broadcaster, Jack Michaels, fan of the 4-2 and two Cleveland Browns. Is it a make-or-break-it weekend for Baker Mayfield? Time will tell, but we'll hook up with Jack when we come back. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.